Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Now, before we move on, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. We've done it again. We we really need to remember who we are, what we set out to do, our own limitations, really, more than anything else, whenever we sit down to to do one of these. Yeah, but you know, we? for for a brief moment last time, I generally thought we had cracked it. We we did live in the light for a second, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we did actually shockingly fail to to answer the question. Um, really bad. As, as is as is the norm for us, really. We might need to change our intro. You know, <laughs> our intro well, where reads, we where we failed to answer the questions. The podcast the answers to. <laughs> takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I don't think we've answered a question yet. Oh, we've answered many questions. It's just never the ones we asked. <laughs> Fair. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that, I think that, that almost goes without saying that we, uh, we're receiving the tinfoil for last week's episode. Yeah. I, I think we haven't shared that. a hat for some time. No, it's not. We need to start. If we're going to be sharing these hats, we need to make them bigger because there's not room for your giant head under here. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, I, I wear the hat so infrequently that it's true. You know, it's just size for my small, small brain. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully we don't embarrass ourselves again today, although we are answering a question. Um, I think we but, do actually have an answer to this one, though. Uh, well, maybe, in a, in a first, who knows? Uh, but I think before we move on to that, I, I would just like to thank our, our very active Discord users. Um, putting in potentially a weird cut here, because um, that was very Sean odd. lives in the middle of nowhere. and I've got faster internet. internet than you. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's probably held together by country bumpkins. Spitting prayers, actually. <laughs> it's even worse. So we, we, had a, we had a strange Zencaster cock-up there. Um, not quite sure what's going to be salvaged from the first recording, but a big thank you to our Discord server who in the wake of the egregious feedback um suggesting that we weren't perhaps the most tightly edited of podcasts rode to our rescue to say that's fine preferable even <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that i liked i liked the suggestion that if you can't be perfect being noticeably shambolic is better <laughs> I really like the way that you put that. Actually, <laughs> I don't compliment you very often, but that was nice. No, don't do it again. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I might try it more the, throughout this episode. See just, how just be really off-putting. Please don't. Yeah. Your voice sounds great today. That that one, I do believe, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that didn't last long. Then okay, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Uh, yeah, thanks for the feedback, and of course. Positive feedback has resulted in our first ever weird crash during a recording. So great! Yeah, cheers. Um, yeah, so let's just move to today's question. That's completely thrown off our our vibe, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> what was it, it? Really has. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of lost here to to the point where I just spotted a glaring mistake in this document. Um, <laughs> what was today's question? Uh, today. 
we're asking a question that has plagued discussion fora of the Warhammer fan, Warhammer 40k and forgive me universe for aeons, hasn't it? It 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 really has, and I feel that you're best place to answer it. So I will ask you: Are there wolves on Fenris? No. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs>
This this has got hot take vibes all over it. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> are, you, are you springing a hot take on me? What the hell? No, that's that's next week. <laughs> oh no! It's, it's so oh. much. It's so much hotter than this nonsense. I think the very quickly though. Obviously, space wolves are. I say obviously, the space wolves are a Viking stroke werewolf themed group of space marines. So super soldiers, essentially. And there is an argument to be made that they might take the wolf motif a little bit too far. You have, for example, wolf lords swinging wolf axes, riding giant wolves or on a chariot being pulled by giant wolves while but you know what that's I, I agree with you but i feel that's a very well not a very but that's a more recent development in 40k that the it, space also becomes such caricatures they used to be nowhere near as ridiculous it, it has i think got worse i think that's definitely true but um, it's almost symptomatic of 40k as a whole that everything has just become a little bit more ridiculous but I think if we go sort of go into the the fiction for a while, there is a line that appears in some of the literature. To, that's a very advanced term for pulpy space novels. <laughs> the Black Library are listening. <laughs> Ooh, literature, you which, say? Which is essentially there are no wolves on. Fenris. Now, Fenris is the planet from which the space wolves come. One wonders, really, if it's called Fenris, how there can be no wolves on it, especially when on the tabletop you can take wolves, like actual wolves. You can have space marines riding them. So, what gives? What, why yeah, is... bearing in mind that, that I don't think there's any other like wolf model in 40k, or maybe orcs have something. No, no, no in, sure, 40K, but... in 40k, the only wolf wolf model is the the thunder wolf cavalry yeah i believe or logan which, which yeah which Grimnar's is unique to the wolf. space wolves as yeah. well in the imperium of man it's very odd <laughs> mm. and it's particularly odd given this line there are no wolves on fenris so i guess what gives what like, gives yes what i mean gives? i was hoping you had the answer <laughs> <laughs> I realised I was I was asking a question I'm equipped to answer. So there's a, there's a few theories that that float around. And my personal favourite, obviously, one is that the space wolves are fucking with everyone, which is a good laugh. Uh, but my personal favourite is actually leads us into what I sort of more wanted to talk about today, and that's the idea that Fenris, this sort of icy death world populated by megafauna. Is a theme park gone wrong? Have you heard this theory? I have heard this theory. That was a long time ago, though, that I've heard that. So, so to understand this theory, we actually need to go back through the timeline a very long way to the height of humanity in sort of the 20, 20 21st millennium, I think. This is a time period called the Dark Age of Technology, when essentially humanity becomes the ascendant or preeminent species in the galaxy. Their technology surpasses all other 
races at the time, and they are essentially masters of well, according the galaxy. To according according to humanity. So obviously, it all needs to be taken with a pinch of salt. But we know, for example, that they were capable of intense levels of terraforming, intense levels of genetic manipulation, intense levels of uh, AI creation, which ultimately becomes their downfall on, on, all, on all of this. But the theory goes that Fenris was essentially a world created during the Dark Age of Technology to be a fake Viking planet. So everything is deliberately taken to extremes. The weather is insane. The, the, the flora and fauna make no sense. It has no real reason to exist. Even the people are sort of genetically altered from baseline human. And so the theory sure. and so the theory goes that what you see on Fenris as a quote unquote wolf is actually something completely different, some sort of genetically modified creature that looks like a wolf but is not native to Fenris. It was put there by humanity and it is not a wolf. It bears no genetic ties to the Terran, the, the Earth wolf. Which we have to assume is long died out. Which, do, which we have to assume has, is also long long died out, given that but, I think even then, Terra was an ecumenopolis. Uh, he struggled with that word, didn't That's he? That's a really hard word. <laughs> nice try. I've only um, seen, never seen it written down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's a few issues I've got with that, mm. with that theory. The um, first being, yeah, fine, introduced some kind of lupine creature. But why? How? And is it the same as, as the Thunderwolves that they then now ride as space marines? Presumably it's the same sort of tech that they used to make those wolves as, as they used to make space marines, something along those lines. Uh, and the other one is, if they went for a Viking world, why, why focus on... Wolves, that's not the first thing most people think of when you think Viking, is it? No, that's that's very true. And I guess to answer that question, we almost need to look at the space wolves themselves. Because the process of creating a space wolf or a space marine, so any of the various legions of, of the the Great Crusade involves implanting several uh, new organs, changing their basic DNA to turn them into these superhuman warriors. Now, the Space Wolves receive a unique whatever it is, whether it's, an, it's, it's given to them, I think it's a drink, something called the Canis Helix, which is what causes their teeth to grow very long and them to start sort of growing extra hair and all of that. So another theory, which sort of sits alongside the theme park gone wrong idea, is that the the wolves on Fenris are genetically modified humans, where the genetic modification essentially went too far. And there's some... There's some 
parts of the books, the Blind Library books, that actually support this theory. So particularly the idea that they're space wolf aspirants for whom, for whatever reason, the full process didn't take. So in some legions, they would just be taken out back and shot in the head. But the space wolves, essentially, they degenerate down into these massive lupine creatures and are sort of let out to roam the world. That's a much worse theory. Less strong or more horrifying? Nah, just much more ridiculous. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, I mean, I know that all that gene tech is, of course, fictional. Uh, I'm required to say that under uh, by law. Um, but come on. <laughs> really? That's where we're going with this? It goes so badly wrong that they turn into giant space wolves. No, that's, that's stupid. Well, we that, do. That's really stupid. We, we, well, they do actually turn, turn into space wolves if it gets right, but I suspect that's not what you meant. We, As you well know, yes. <laughs> sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> we, do, we do know that a natural byproduct of the process is that some space wolves essentially turn into werewolves so this is where the wolfen come in that's a space wolf who for sort for whom the sort of transformations go too far and they start they sort of yeah. lose control of themselves and they they grow so much hair they genuinely look like the wolfman from sort of a hammer film sure but with those well okay so maybe i'll have to recant my own Argument that so I think here. the argument goes that what the sort of thunder wolves that you see are just a wolf and that keeps going. Maybe I, I I did momentarily forget that the warp is a thing in 40k. Also, the warp is a thing um, because you know we have other instances of space marine legionnaires going a little far with their transformations. Not looking at any vampires directly, but um, very wise. You know, <laughs> it, it happens. It's a fair. It's a fair point. Because um, of course, you mean we have to remember that you know, the the empire of man, the empire of mankind, the emperor of mankind, or as I like to believe, the empress of mankind. Um, That's a good. You know, I like that theory. Fucks with the. You know, they fuck with the warp a fair bit to to you know, do whatever it is they do. And I'm still kind of unclear as to whatever it is they do do, um, but that that could well explain, yeah, genetic experimentation gone a bit wrong. Yeah, I think I think that's it. So I don't I don't very, hate that. A very big part of it. No, there is there are some facets of this that are quite confusing. So I think actually the second theory, given everything else that we know, probably carries more weight in terms specifically as to where the wolves on Venris come from. And the reason I think that can we just, is... Can we just, before, we, before you go in, can we just point out, therefore, that you've answered the question wrong at the very start? Because you categorically answered, no, there are no wolves on Fenris, when you're now explaining why there are wolves on Fenris. No, I'm explaining that what you see on Fenris that looks like a wolf isn't a wolf. Oh, I mean... And then we can have an argument about semantics, where's, if you like. Yeah, where, where's your degree in zoology, huh? <laughs> I think the the argument would be that their taxonomy is closer to Homo sapien than it is Lupus lupus. 
Okay, we're going to start talking about what a werewolf is now, huh? More man or more wolf? Man. Yeah, I probably do agree with that, unfortunately. Next, ne- next stupid <laughs> question, please. <laughs> um, fine, yeah, okay, fine. So there were no wolves. Well, in the theme park got wrong idea, I suppose there may have been. The, 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 the point is that the theory starts to fall apart when you consider the the idea the, the theme park gone wrong idea on its own starts to fall apart when you consider the scattering of the Primarchs, which I don't really want to get into, but the coincidence of Lehman Russ ending up on Fenris, if we know that the Yeah, sure. The Primarchs were yeah. were scattered across all the myriad worlds of, of the of the galaxy, it's just a bit hard to stomach. Well, but again, something something warp fuckery, right? Sure, sure, sure. But, but no, I I, I agree. It, it does seem more obvious, you know, considering that it's his genetic sort of blueprint that's used to make yes. the space walls, and he's yes, a, he he's himself a carries a character. He he himself carries a lot of lupine characteristics. Oh, shit in a fist fight. <laughs> Yeah, if you turn your back on someone. <laughs> well, who the fuck does that? <laughs> a guy who's realised the stupidity of the fight that he's having. Uh, what a moron. Um, anyway, no, I do, I do have got, uh, I've got a lot of time for Lehman Russ. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, there are no wolves on Fenris, you are correct. Um, Space Wolf genetics is the explanation. Probably the explanation, I think, but... Um, but but GW really have caricatured it, it, it a little bit too much because um, they just stand out, I think, compared to other Space Marine Legions as, as being a little bit too far, you know, in their own they, lore. If that's if that's they, a, that's a way they, of putting it, but you know what they I mean. they do. I I I think there's a an out of world explanation for that, which is that they're the best sellers, so that's why they get all the fancy it's models. Possible. Are they actually? Do you know that for a fact? No, I don't know that. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they're if they're definitely up there, specifically in terms of space marines. I wouldn't be surprised to discover that they are generic, well, are the best Smurfs. sellers. Yeah, or Smurfs. That's true, actually. Smurfs, but Smurfs have a lot of um, sorry, Ultramarines for the uninitiated. They're called Smurfs <laughs> because they're very blue, Ultramarine, so blue, even. Yeah, funnily enough. But that's such a stupid name for a legion as well. We're all space marines, ah, but we're the ultramarines. Fuck yeah, exactly. Off. We are more marine than any other marine. <laughs> yeah. Hoorah. You know, you know they're the Americans in the space marine world. They are quite. They are quite. Okay. Not to upset any American listeners. Sorry. Oh, that's thrown me. Where was I going with that? I know. I, I, all I've done so far this episode, I feel, is derail you, and I'm absolutely loving it. That's that's very very impressive because we agreed at the start that this was going to be sort of me talking and you asking I know. questions. And um, all of your questions have completely derailed me, especially because very early on you said that this the the whole topic was was going to be much more poignant and bigger picture so, than this, and, and wasn't really supposed to speak purely to the Warhammer purists, and all we've done is talk about Warhammer purism. So, that's only, only 20 minutes. There's 40 minutes to go. <laughs> well, you but don't know thank, how much more thank, I'm going to do. Thank you, for, thank you for reminding me that this was 
a jumping off point to zoom out and talk about the the game at large. I'm nothing if not good at what I do. (laughs) So you are nothing. He's done it. Someone edit that out, please. Push it, pushing it up, pushing it an open door. (laughs) That's not the right use of that idiom. (laughs) God, you idiot! Honestly, I'm so right. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you make your point. Why why is the discussion so, that started with such a bizarre question actually relevant to anyone's life? So the point is that asking whether or not the wolves on Fenris are actually wolves or not is the wrong question because the whole idea of there are no wolves on Fenris is to make us think about essentially the decline of the Imperium. And Fenris as a facsimile or a stand-in for the Imperium at large. And actually what you've been saying about the Space Wolves becoming more and more idiosyncratic and ridiculous further plays into this, this idea that they had a vague motif. The Space Wolves of the Horus heresy are completely different from the Space Wolves of the quote-unquote modern canon so you can see the decline even in there and that's within the imperium but if you look at the imperium versus what they had before the whole point of the imperium is this backwards negative stagnation i think sure but not only yeah as a so what that means because they were in an age of unsurpassed technology, but you, you you very specifically called it the dark age of technology. That, and that that's what that's how it's described in the in the modern yeah. canon. I'm just going to say modern. Obviously, this is all sort of fiction. now in universe fiction. But in in the modern Imperium, the dark age of technology is looked upon as some great heyday, but also with a huge amount of fear and revulsion. Even when you look at the tech techno-adepts of the Imperium, and it's a religion. They've completely lost yeah. any sense of innovation, creativity, even understanding of, of what it is that they're doing in favour of religious dogma, Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, there's Brain a... Brain to the machine spirit. <laughs> exactly. They, they pray to the machines. They have no... AI whatsoever. They have no thinking machines. All of their technology is run by human brains trapped in robots. Everything is run by cyborgs, basically, yeah, because they can't might. have self-functioning robots because they don't understand them and are afraid of them. But it, it, it borders on the ridiculous, right? They have the right of percussive maintenance for malfunctioning technology which is where they hit it. But they have to cover it in sacred oils and chant hymns to it before slapping a computer screen on the side to make it work. It's, it, people, I fear, don't understand this point, that the whole setting is parody. And yeah. what's, the, what's the most obvious example of that that you and I have both seen recently? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I believe you're referring to a particular Reddit post, are you not? I am. 
Yeah, that was a good one. I mean... It was a gentleman on Reddit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I, I feel we should we should maybe try to link the post, although that's perhaps pushing it a little far. I, I, don't, I don't want to link it because I don't... The, the fact that this person didn't understand it isn't a cause for scorn. Well, it is. Sorry, it absolutely is. But it's not a cause for a pile-on of like it's, 16 listeners. But it's, 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 yeah, true. But it's, <laughs> it, it, it so accurately emphasized the, the, the extent of the misconception, the misunderstanding exactly. of the Warhammer 40k universe. Even though Games Workshop themselves have tried to make it abundantly clear. I mean, to put this in reference, the, the sign of the Imperium, the Imperial Aquila, is just a double-headed eagle. It, it, it is. Right, which is a sign that we're all familiar with, which is what, this, what sparked this debate on Reddit about a particular gentleman who wanted to get the Imperial Aquila tattooed on himself. And, and his friends were apparently saying, it's a little reminiscent of the Nazis. <laughs> Yes. And so, he just couldn't understand why, even though it is more or less the exact same symbol. So, to, to be completely fair, the Nazi eagle only has one head. Yes. The, but, the imperial eagle of Germany has two heads. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> sure. <laughs> but... When you think of the death corpse of Krieg, you know it's absolutely with, with their imperial aquila, it's, it's just they're fascist. It's, it's fascist symbology it's, it's on a fascist nation. Fascism symbology plastered all over the Imperium. The Imperium is a death cult. It is a totalitarian fascist theo- theocratic bureaucracy. Essentially, why would you want a symbol of that tattooed on your skin? I don't understand it. And the only thing that I can come back to is that people have missed the point of the setting, which is parody. But but you're absolutely right. But what really gets me is... right the the, the slogan for 40K is in the grim darkness of of the far future, there is only war. Right? Exactly. They they write it on the fucking label. It's grim, dark. It's horrible. There's only war. There are no good guys when the situation when everything is just war. <laughs> what's what's the phrase to be a man in such times? Is I find it here. I find the whole thing. It is the forty first millennium. For more than a hundred centuries, the emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of terror. Now that sounds. Pretty epic, right? That's almost Dune-esque. Frank Herbert could have written that. He is the master of mankind by the will of the gods, and master of a million worlds by the might of his inexhaustible armies. Hmm. Starting to slip. He is a rotting carcass writhing invisibly with power from the dark age of technology. That's not great. He is the (laughs) carrion lord of the Imperium, for whom a thousand souls are sacrificed every day, so that he may never truly die. Um... <laughs> and then there's a, there's a whole but, bit about the various factions. And then 
Sorry, just the last paragraph. To be a man in such times is to be one amongst untold billions. It is to live in the cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so just to put that into context, because of course, th- this is an Imperium that routinely just destroys its own planets, um, you know, for reasons. But so therefore, just to keep the Emperor alive, a thousand souls a day for 10,000 years. We've done is, the numbers um, and it's actually not that many. It's 3.7 billion people. So half the population of Earth. All right, it's quite a lot of people. <clears throat> for, for one man, you know, let's not forget. To keep and one man just, what, not even alive, to keep one man in a sort of bizarre stasis mode. And yes, the logic is that he apparently keeps everything at bay. But, but they, you know, let's be real. But this comes back to the whole issue with the setting. They don't know why that works. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, yeah. No, there's no one sitting on Earth going, well... He needs X number of souls because the drain on his soul is such that blah, 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 blah. So we could build a machine that would maybe help alleviate that. No, there's none of that. It worked once, so they just keep doing it. Yeah. And all that to maintain a status quo where I to would maintain estimate 99%, yeah, 99% of humans alive in the 40k universe have got a shit life. Like unimaginably shit. This is, this like, is not the... only is it bad enough to have to live in some sort of hive world and live off um, recycled corpses as food, <laughs> but then, you know, the Good Imperial Legion shows up and sends you just to your death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the with the sole purpose of being like, oh, you're the meat shield. <laughs> you know, it's... it's Why? <laughs> the, the, Imperium, the Imperial Guard, the Astra Militarum, as it's now called, is deliberately designed to be ineffective. It's just designed to, to be enough of a barrier for the space that's, marines to show up. That's, that, that, that's not quite fair. You do see victories from, from the Yeah, they do. But, 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 the, but the whole point is it's designed to be ineffective such that it requires support. So all of the regiments on their own are inefficient and ineffective. It only works through combined... It's essentially a modern military, so it works on the basis of combined arms. But Well, ultimately, of, it's, it's the... I guess it's not called the Air Force. Um, the Navy. It's, it's the Navy, that's the one. Um, that ultimately wins everything for the you know, yeah. regular it's, Imperial it's, Guard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a regime that's designed to self-propagate and no more, essentially. And as, yeah. as the intro blurb to the core rulebook says, this is the bloodiest... Regime imaginable, cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. Yes, in the grim dark yeah. future, there is only one. It's in the setting. It's grim it's, dark. It's it's awful. It's a terrible regime. It's fascist. They will literally just wipe out any non-human race because they're not human, um, or humans who disagree <laughs> with them, or humans who disagree with them, or war-possessed demons who may just be out there looking for a good time. So you know, the 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 idea of someone wanting to rep that kind of regime is is bizarre, and I mean you know let's let's not forget it is it is ultimately a game, right? We often fake argue about oh, dark angels are better than blood angels. Um, they're both. Awful. We know that they're both awful. <laughs> yeah, 
That's the whole point. It's it's like there was a there was a really interesting conversation I saw a couple of days ago about who was the who was morally the best and worst Primarchs. Yeah. They're all genocidal maniacs, yeah. to be completely clear. In the what are we in now, the twenty first century? Any one of them well, we wouldn't be able to, but would be put on trial and shot for war crimes. Like, like instantly. That would actually be a fun exercise to do. Like, what what would we do if Primarch showed up on Earth now? Nuke them. Yeah, probably. That might not even be enough. (laughs) Unless it's Vulcan or Magnus, you're probably safe. Yeah, it's definitely going to be Vulcan, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. But people are like, oh, Vulcan's probably the nicest Primarch. And that's true. Like, he is the, the nicest genocidal homicidal maniac. And that that's the thing, that the, the common denominator across every 40k character is that they're just bloodthirsty maniacs out to kill whatever they encounter. Yeah. They're all tyrannids at heart. Well, I was going to say, so so we've, we've done the Imperium, and I'm sure we'll come back to them, but they're the only guys, right? There are some good guys out there, surely. I mean, Chaos, I suppose. Not, because they're... The well, ones who'll flay you and wear your skin. It's a matter of perspective, really. Um, Assuming I'm the person whose skin is being worn. Yeah, but we just don't understand the warp. You know, maybe that is the real truth, and you know, we're just too blind to see it. <laughs> any any god who requires that a book be made of my skin in order to write their holy text on is an evil god. To be clear. No, they just haven't developed paper tech yet. <laughs> uh, no, they of course, the paper chaos. Book. Uh... They're transcribing the paper book onto my skin. Yeah. But what's really funny about Chaos and 40K is that the, the biggest Chaos enemies you encounter are just Chaos Space Marines, really. Uh, yeah, there are demons, of course, don't get me wrong. But... It's, it's mostly just our very best soldiers, but spiky. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Um, Which is pretty great. So that's great. So they're, they're not great. I mean, I mentioned the Tyranids, and it's a bit abstract for them, I guess, because they're, they're not they're not really evil, and they're certainly not good. They're just a hive mind whose sole purpose is to propagate itself, and so, so they these are, eat everything they find. These are essentially the bugs from Starship Troopers, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. And, and they don't kill you because they hate you. And then they kill you because your food. Yeah, I, so I assume. They might <laughs> anyway. not, well, I think you do actually see in you're going to hate this, but in one of the Blood Angels books, Mephiston yeah, well. like psychically connects with the Hive Mind because he's special, and discovers that the Hive Mind does actually hate. It doesn't sure, just, it, or it, he's just really high and deluded, and doesn't really know what he's high. talking about. He could be really high and deluded. It's it's definitely possible, but no, it, it yeah, I guess it is entirely possible that the hive mind has some form of hatred for everything else. Sure, <laughs> and it's sort of if you are the guy being eaten, the thing eating you looks like a bad guy. Yeah, you can, oh, you can argue they're yes. not good. They might be they might be a natural force, but they're not good. Well, this is the is Lara Wraith good all over again? Uh, yeah, and you're never going to convince me otherwise. Just because the nids have a particular dietary requirement doesn't make them the best. 
They're particular. The fact that they have talents for arms might make them the bad guy. Their particular dietary requirement is all biomass in the oh, galaxy. Exactly. <laughs> the other, well, the they're other... nothing if not efficient, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> they take everything. Because um, I guess the other argument, or, or the other race that kind of fits the bill in, in terms of that argument, is probably orcs, right? It's just a fungus that does weird shit when it matures. It's true, but again, they like they're shown to rip people's arms off and find it amusing. Absolutely, so. yeah, but they do that to themselves as well. The orcs are one of the like, if if you don't get in their way, you you might be fine. I think the problem with that is that the nature of orc is that eventually you're in their way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But but ultimately the the Imperium in their quest to colonize literally everything brought that on themselves. Well there's a there's a theory that that's not quite right. So the Great Crusade again, come back to the Imperium are not the good guys. One of the height they're at their absolute height they waged a bloody war across the stars and they called it a crusade. Like, look up the crusades, guys. They weren't good. They weren't. Also, have you have you just swallowed a book of quotes on 40k? Uh, no. Yeah, okay. I love the hesitation. I don't I don't know where that's come from. You remember that I'm editing this one, right? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. That pause is going to be very long. I don't, I don't understand your point. <laughs> no, I'm quite enjoying it. You actually sound not totally moronic for a change. Um I did swallow a thethorath. Thethorath recently. Um uh so so are there any good guys in 40k? So the one that obviously I hear spoken about a lot is the Tari. Dark Eldar. The the what now? <laughs> the Dark Eldar, of course. No? The sadistic elves. Oh, yeah, I suppose they are called dark, aren't they? The sadistic space elves that <laughs> survive by offering the yeah, pain by, flayed souls of... By torturing, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong ones. Um... <laughs> Harlequins? They're an interesting one, actually. I don't really. I think they just exist to put on plays. Don't quite know. Well, they, they guard a library, so they're good guys in my books, to be honest. True. You see, true. see what I did there with that pun as well. <clears throat> yes, uh, to the Tau. Um, yes. So, yeah, I guess Quins, maybe to a lesser extent, but I don't think that. I don't really think of them as a full faction. Yeah, fair point. Um, no, the, the Tau, you're right. That that's the one I think that gets talked about most as as quote unquote the good guys. Yeah, because their battle cry is for the greater good, and obviously because everything can just be taken at surface level. A faction that exists to further the greater good must be the good guys. Yeah. Right. And I guess they have the rather unusual. Um. Set up in the 40k world that they do have multiple species represented in their yeah. faction. Yeah. Although that that is also inherently the problem. <laughs> it's not the only problem, but it's certainly no. a problem. <laughs> it's not the problem. The specific problem I have. The specific problem I have is that it's a fucking caste system, like more strict and more abhorrent than any that exists or has existed on Earth in our history. There's there's a significant 
suggestion that the mo- that most of the Tao are kept in line by psychic control. Like it's a horrible regime. All right, yeah, it no, might it's, it's great. It might it might work. It might be effective, but the idea that the Tao are the good guys is again, it's so surface level. It's There's just, no. It's just yeah. It's just the whole world under the imperious curse. It's just great. Well, again, it, it works. It's it's taking the term technocracy to a different level, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. I just but yeah. So that 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 is problematic. Um, What's, and what they don't see? treat the alien species that they supposedly are allied with particularly well either. No, I was, I was going to. Cast. <laughs> I, I was going um, to ask you what you saw as the problem with the auxilia, but that's that's essentially it, I suppose. Yeah, um, but insofar that you know, at least at least they do do that. <laughs> at least they don't kill them. I, well, but they kind of the do, time. right? Because they just get because <laughs> specifically the one you find on the tabletop, which are the Kroot, uh, which are like the only close quarters combat troops the Tau faction has. I do, but they like... get sent in to be the meat shields while they just blast everything to pieces with their rail guns ultimately. Uh, so. Yeah, I do like that the Tau are the ones closest to like a modern military because they just stand as far away as possible and shoot with the greatest amount of firepower possible. It is, yeah. It is astonishing. Uh, we, we've briefly touched on this, I believe, in the past, right, in terms of what's, what's the whole point of actually having a sword <laughs> in the 40k <laughs> universe, but you know, we'll park that for another time. It makes sense if you're a space marine. It doesn't make sense if you're like an imperial guardsman. Yeah, but I mean, the the Tau, I guess, are they are possibly in their age of technology, and probably the the sort of yes, they're, species think... that that is that is perhaps set to become dominant in the universe and then obviously fall because that seems to be what happens. Because, it happened because to the this, Necrons first, then it happened to the Eldar, then it happened to mankind. Because this is a universe where, with antagonists, I suppose that's the answer. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the Necrons, I guess, are pe- perhaps an interesting one. Um, and my my lore is very weak. Um, my lore is very as, outdated, as if, as if to imply that my lore is ever any good. Um, the thing is yeah, but but they they used to just be a, a a technologically advanced race, and it's unclear if they were inherently abhorrent or not. But they, but they were embroiled in a very big war, and shit happened. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to understand. And now they are just they hate everything that lives. So you yeah, know. <laughs> that yeah. is a problem. It's 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 not ideal if you're vying for best guy in the in the forty k universe, really. Not not massively, no. Um, so not the Necrons, not the Orcs, not the Nids, not the Tau, not anything of mankind. The Eldar, in that case, the the actual non dark ones. They're not great. They're not um, good, really, are they? But I suppose they might. Craftworld Eldar might be your best bet, actually. Although the problem with the entire setting is the rampant xenophobia. Yes. So I think there's a quote from 
one of the Eldar high ups that is essentially I would let a million worlds of man burn to save one Eldar life. Yes. <laughs> so And that that really is the, the theme of Warhammer forty thousand, really, isn't it? That's 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 the issue. That's Which the is issue. where it's it's distinct from, from Warhammer Fantasy for sure, because there was a little more cooperation in that world. Yes. I, I can't speak for Age of Sigma because I, I really don't know it. I think you've got a sense in Age of Sigmar that at any given moment, anyone can work with anyone against anyone. Yeah. With the right. possible exception of Archaon. But, like, you've got these grand alliances so they can sort of any grand alliance can work with any other one against any other one i think like i'm sure i'm sure nagash works with sigmar a lot and stuff like that even though they they're sort of antagonistic towards each other yeah i mean the fantasy setting is a little more tolkienish in terms of that there is probably some something that you could define as bad and something you could define as as a force for good yes well yeah maybe not so much a force for good but just less bad <laughs> there's there's the guy who wants to end the world yes and then there's everyone else <laughs> and then there's everyone else who wants to argue about what sort of world they should live in yeah and then there's rumors of ratmen i guess yeah but let's not but, pay those any credence. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you give fans an arm and they'll just take a leg by coming up with stupid things, right? It's just crazy. <laughs> Ultimately. I mean, you think if there's ever going to be Ratman, it'll be in 40k, right? Obviously. It's absolutely crying out for Ratman in 40k. I love that they've brought dwarves to 40k. That's so, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so random. It's like, yeah, there's dwarves now. But it, it, it makes sense in the 40k universe, right? Because you just introduce a new sector that's full of yeah, yeah. that you want it to be full of. Exactly. Uh, Leagues of Votan. They've got good names. They do. They do. They've got good names. Um, so yeah, I think we can we can both agree for once that there are no good guys in 40k, and that getting any kind of 40k tattoo is is arguably sending the wrong message. I think I think it's. You have to be so careful. Right? So if you wanted to get I'm gonna pick something around like a quote from a Dan Abnet book or something, because there was something in that that was really resonant with you. Or Yeah, well I guess what you have to say as well is that that you know, if, if you if you look at the most basic level of the law, everyone's a bad guy. But equally, you can read a book like um, like the Eisenhorn series. Yes, and, and you you do see that there is still humanity in the Imperium of Mankind. You know, not not all people are complete assholes. <laughs> no, that's not that's not the case. No, but that's absolutely true. But your the world in which you are working is so much less forgiving. So yeah. there's a there's a really good Eisenhorn short actually where he's investigating a series of murders in a hive city. I, I, you must know this one, and he discovers actually that the murders are being done by Imperial Guard yeah. veterans. Yeah, 
who've basically been abandoned. So there's there's a there's a point there about you know in in our world the way that we treat veteran soldiers, and I think you know it's Dan Abnett making the point with a sledgehammer. But that's what forty k does. It's it's not it's not subtle. It's also what Dan Abnett does. It's also, not, it's also what Dan <laughs> Abnett does. But but then he Eisenhorn kills all of them. Yeah. Rather than attempt, not on his own mind, but yeah, not on, not on his own, <laughs> but his his sort of attempt to bring them in quietly, as it were, is so light. It it is overwhelmingly the way any inquisitorial investigation ends, right? With with deaths, yeah, he, he basically and even goes, in the cases where the inquisitor doesn't kill whoever it is they're investigating. Very often, something very bad will happen to those people anyway. So yeah. he, he basically goes, guys, it's fine. The war is over. You can put down your guns. And they go, but what if you're lying to us? And then he shoots one of them. Like, there's, there's no... It's a setting completely devoid of compassion. Other yeah, I mean, not- the Inquisitors themselves, and perhaps not the... Uh- they're the ones to look for. Look they're, for you know. they're they're not, but one we have the problem that the inquisitors are the ones in whose eyes we've been a lot because they yeah. make for very good stories. But also, Eisenhorn is, you know, as he's as he himself says in one of the Dan Abnett books, his authority is unlimited. Yeah. Um. But he could have brought in specialist hostage negotiators or psychiatrists or therapists or whatever, but one, I'm fairly sure none of those fucking exist in 40k. And two, he doesn't. He goes immediately to, and he's he is, in the grand scheme of things, one of the good guys of the Imperium. He's like, oh, just shoot him. It's a shame. I feel bad about it for like a day. Oh well, I'm over it. Time to go summon some demons. Yeah, exactly. And that that is them shooting like an individual when they they also just don't really have any qualms about bombing an entire planet. Yeah. Um, and killing alien races that are probably unique in the universe. So yeah, not not not, not the good guys, but <clears throat> I, I guess there's something you know, because you, you can be a fan of the setting and, and realize that all the things that we've said are true and apply. Well, <laughs> I still I, enjoy it because we, we both enjoy the yeah. universe because um, we're sober enough to see it. We're, we're, and we're, I could feasibly see someone saying, uh, as you said, you, you could maybe tattoo a quote or something that resonates with you. You, you could have some sort of Necron symbol on you because it looks cool. And, and then, you know, you can just say, oh, yeah, it's from this tabletop game and, you know, they're not good guys, etc. I, th- I think the point is exactly as you were making, recognize the points that 40k, the parody points or the satire points that 40k is making. Yeah. The thing that really struck me about the Reddit post that actually inspired this episode was that the guy who had been consuming this media for 10, 15, 20 years completely did not understand the parody or the satire that he was being, as I say, hit over the face with yeah. again and again and again. So I, yeah, agreed. Yeah, 
So then let's link this all the way back because you, I think, had some grander point on why the question, are the walls on Fenris, is A, the wrong one, and B, is actually quite important. Right. So are there walls walls on Fenris? That is a question we joked at the start. It's occupied the fandom for aeons. It it descends into a petty argument. Yes, there are. No, there aren't. Well, it means this. Well, it means that. Whereas my perspective is that the question is getting us to take a step back and try and understand why the people of Fenris want to um, want to say there are no wolves on Fenris. They're telling us the setting is deeper. They're telling us to look through the veil, look beyond the flashy lights, the sparkly colours, and to really interrogate the setting, the people in it, the stories. It's 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 the closest thing you can get, I think, to the author of the book hitting like coming around to your house and saying there's an extra meaning here you've got to yeah. read more carefully this isn't just well, it is just pulpy literature but at the same time pulp can have a point pulp can have a message it's it's the tom bombadil of the 40k universe it is sort of the tom bombadil of the 40k universe in a really confusing way as as is Tom Bombadil's won't, isn't it? <laughs> yes, but if you if you come away from Prospero Burns and your reaction to there are no wolves on Fenris is to say, huh, that's an odd thing for someone to say. I wonder what that means. And then you start to think about the book and think about well, if they're not wolves, what are they? then that's great. You've you've understood it. But if you go even further and you go, symbolically, if the wolves aren't wolves, does that mean that the good guys aren't good guys? Yeah. Then you've, you've, I think, gone as far as you need to. Yeah, I think that's that's once again quite nicely phrased. Sorry, I had to mute there because I just had a really loud burp um, to Uh, completely ruin my profundity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, there you go. so one thing that I wanted to briefly touch on, I guess, before we wrap up then. Sure. So we've had the dark age of technology long gone. We yep. now have an Imperium that is really, really rotten to the core. It's it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously fascists. It's horrid. Um, and I guess the Horus Heresy is perhaps so popular because that that genuinely you you could kind of break that down into a good versus bad because you had the evil chaos space marines trying to kill all the humans you know and, and people naturally get on board with that sort of thing. But also, very quickly, if I may, the benefit of the Horus Heresy is that you can see the Imperium balanced on the knife edge. Yes, it could fall in, and it's so tragic because it could fall into the Imperium that we know is coming because we know forty k, or it could fall the other way into this sort of glorious second dark age of technology height of humanity. Now, obviously, that's at the expense of every other sapient race in the galaxy, but, you know, them's the breaks. Exactly. And so here is is my question to you, then. Um, Do you think the return of the Primarchs will see the Imperium move to a more measured way of behaving, or 
will it actually pronounce its fascism? What do I think? I think that it's so dependent on which Primarchs they bring back. Bringing and would back, it cause a civil war? I guess it may cause a civil war. Bringing back Gilliman, I think, although I make jokes about it, was actually a really good idea because Gilliman gives you the closest thing to like an actually good guy in terms of statesmanship. Yeah. Right? He comes back to the Imperium, and if you read the Dark Imperium trilogy, he basically goes, what the fuck did you guys do? He hates the ceremony, the, the religiosity of the whole thing. I granted, he's still a genocidal maniac, but he's one of the less bad ones. And also much less of a xenophobe. Much less of a xenophobe. Some might even call him a xenophile. Yeah, if certain texts are to be believed. <laughs> I say texts. But I think that bringing the Primarchs back gives them gives Games Workshop the opportunity to move away from the parody to an extent and start to try and make it's elements of the Imperium that are a little bit less bad. But it's it's essentially just doing it the same way that the Horus Heresy did it, right? Um, because it, had they Here's just produced Gilliman good guys. Or, yeah. Or, or, yeah, quote unquote, good Primarchs, Imperial <laughs> Primarchs, that's one thing. But because they're introducing Primarchs that fell to chaos as well, it, you just get the feeling they're setting up Horus Heresy 2.0, right? Yeah, they're just drawing battle lines. Yeah. but uh, Which is bad news for anyone who collects anything other than Imperium <laughs> chaos slash non-chaos. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, it just means more and more stories about... So many space more Marines. space marines. Yeah. I mean, if you, it even depends which space marines you collect. I'm never getting a Primarch model. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is too funny. I will. <laughs> yeah, you will. You're will. probably getting the next one. The line of the calm, I reckon, at the next one. Probably... Or Lehman Russ, you know, there's this talk of Lehman Russ. I don't think they'll do Russ. I think they'll do the line. Because Ru- Russ doesn't create a conflict. Because Russ will just slot in as Gilliman's Bessie May. The lion would create conflict. Yeah, and the thing is, once once you introduce Lehman Russ, he, he's going to just go mental. And I think that's when you when you see the Imperium really move on the Eye of Terror or something along those lines. Yeah. That, that's my guess with, with Russ. He, he, he's too wild not to... You, know, you can't introduce Lehman or reintroduce Lehman Russ and then just have him politic. No, but you can with the lion. Yeah, he's he just he's just a Gilliman with much darker energy in some ways. Yeah, um, not 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 darker maybe, but just far pragmatic qualms. energy. <laughs> far fewer qualms. Yeah. So I guess in answer to our initial question, are there wolves on Fenris? The answer is stop asking stupid questions. 
Um, so on that note, this will be the last show that we ever record. <laughs> I didn't realize that when we started, but okay, I guess we, right, yeah, just you've us. unilaterally killed our show. Just, just <laughs> shot the podcast. Um, or we will come back to you next week or in two weeks' time with uh, a good question? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I'm reading what, what our next topic is, so <laughs> maybe... Well, I think we shan't keep our listeners in suspense. And at this point, I will just thank everyone for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. Um, no doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know. Rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at zeroexpertise. Check out our website, expertiseoverrated.podbean.com. Or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. And if you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, next time, I will be giving you an absolutely screaming hot take on Ed Muratelli. Much maligned, but, as I will show, true hero of A Song of Ice and Fire. Join us then for more analysis. (sighs) Yeah. <sighs>